to be here in the house of God tonight. I am excited. I'm happy to be here. 
What a great morning we had here in service. I hope you were able to be here. If you were not able to be here, I would advise you go online and look at the archives of the services this morning because it was absolutely amazing. God was here in a beautiful, wonderful way, and He is back again tonight, just like you are. And we are going to get out in the aisles right now. We're going to welcome each other into Stratford Heights, and we're going to have an awesome time in the Lord. Amen? Let's get out and greet one another.
like you're not in this room Wanna look right at you Wanna sing right to you I don't wanna talk about you Like you're not in the room Wanna look right at you Wanna sing right to you I don't wanna talk about you Like you're not in Wanna look right at you, wanna sing right to you. I don't wanna talk about you like you're not in this room. Wanna look right at you, wanna sing right to you. I don't wanna about you like you're not in this room. Wanna look right at you, wanna sing right to
above all gods. Sing, I exalt thee.
setting, would you stand with us for just a second as we sing this song? We want to welcome the presence of God here tonight and not just see it as a, another night and another service, another time that we're just together and we're here. Tonight, I believe, it's a night that's on purpose, one that, one that God has orchestrated, one that God has put together. He's here with us now. We want to honor him and lift him up. If you will, before we go on with the service, I would like you to, with me to just raise your hands and to raise your voice, to raise the roof on this house and say, God, we honor you. Let's honor him with our hands, with our mouth. God, we honor you. We bless you. We praise you. God, this place has your name over it, and we honor you and welcome you here tonight. In the name of Jesus, God, we bless you and thank you for your move and for your work. Thank you for years of testimony of the work that you do. You are beautiful and wonderful, and we honor you in this place. God, we lift you up from our hearts, not just words or thoughts, not just duty, but God, out of everything that we are, God, we bring praise and honor and glory to your name, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, if you would, let's give it up for the Lord. Let's give him a clap offering. God is so wonderful and so awesome. You know, sometimes the, the, the Bible says that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And basically what that says, if we'll clear a place in our heart and in our life, and if we'll put some energy into it and say, God, here I am, I acknowledge you and I love you, God will set up right in the middle of where we are. With that being said, it's the offering time. If we'll praise him, if we'll honor him with, with just a little bit, and maybe we can grab out of our pocket, out of obedience and out of love, in that heart and that mind, and we'll say, God, I'm going to make you some room right here in this moment. We're going to see God do something awesome in your heart and in your life. I'm not talking about just religious duty and, and you know, feeling guilty. Okay, i got to put a dollar in the plate. What I'm talking about is an opportunity for God to show up in your life, for God to bless you in a way that it would be seen as a miracle, as it would be seen as Him as a breakthrough. You can be seated. You can be seated. But we want to give tonight out of honor and love, out of obedience to God that's blessed us. You might say, well, he's being pretty dramatic. I'm telling you, if we don't put out our best efforts, if we don't, if we don't do our very best, nothing's going to happen and nothing will change. But if we'll be out and we'll serve God and do our best, we're going to see him show up and do something mighty and something wonderful. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we might see it as just a dollar or a $5 bill or just our tithes for the week, but God, you see something different. God, you see it as a blessing for us. You see it as an opportunity for your work and your will to go forward. So God, we pray that it's a, you see it as an offering, Lord, a praise offering to you, an honor to you that blesses you. God, one that will get you down in the middle of our situation, not only in just our health and our life, but God, in the middle of our finances. We want you to be the Lord of our entire life. God, we pray that you would bless the offerings that are given here tonight. God, that it would bless our church. God, that it would bless our people and our ministries. It, it would bless all the work that you're doing here in this house. God, we pray that you would move and minister and have your way, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in it and in the rest of the service. God, we honor you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Chase me down to embrace. 
God's Word. Let's give it up for these folks. What a wonderful presence is here. We're going to be reading out of Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 22. Just want to say that, that I love my church. As you're returning there, just want you to know that I love you all. So privileged to be a part of such a wonderful group of, of people. You know, it's awesome to go away and be around all the entire Church of God and to kind of be there and be an ambassador. I walked into the General Assembly this week for the first time being able to participate in things, and I was so humbled and so blessed, and I thank you for all the investments that, that you've made in me and people like me that have went out of our church. We just have a blessed, awesome, awesome group of people here. God has done it all and made it all happen going to get through these scriptures here. I'm going to try to go kind of quick because I don't want you to stand forever. We want to talk talk about death and marriage, death and marriage. But Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 22, says this, wives, submit, your, submit to your husbands, to your own husbands, as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that he should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. 
Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let a wife see that she respects her husband. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we honor you and thank you, Lord, for the work that you are doing in our hearts and lives. And God, we always appreciate that, that you just don't set us out there and, and, and have us go for it ourselves. But God, we thank you, Lord, that you are with us every step of the way, that strategically you walk by our sides. And if there's moments and times where we get off track or there's moments where we're doing something that's contrary to what you, what you have designed, God, you always nudge us and you always remind us. And God, you, you direct our lives and our hearts. God, I pray that your anointing would be here tonight, that you would speak to us and share with us. In Jesus' name, amen. You could be seated. This, this might be a, a little weird and a little different, but I wanted to start out tonight talking about marriage. And it's, it's, a, it's a good uh, explanation for where we're going. Do, do we have any married people in the house? Any married people in the house? All right. Any people that want to be married in the house? You can raise your hand now. Okay. One person wants to be married. If you see the little trick there, you know, you said, oh, yeah, I'm married. Then I say, do you want to be married? Nobody raised their hand. So it kind of sounds like, no, never mind, never mind. <laughs> but I wanted to start out tonight by talking about a marriage. And, and really, like I said, it's really for the purpose of where we're going uh, you know, you can look at it as relationships, a different thing, but I want my wife to come here. The pastor had it right. She, she kind of knows that I'm doing this, but the pastor had it right today. He talked about, you know, the marriage supper of lamb and the, the connection. Come right over here, stand right over there, right there at the edge of the stairs right there. The pastor had it right today when he talked about, he was talking about marriage and about the Lord's return and things, and he talked about how that when people get married, you know, he has the, he always says that he has the, the best seat in the house because he gets to see the bride come in. And just like he said, you know, he did it to me when I got married. He looks to see the expression on my face when, when you know, when we see the bride come down. And, and eight years ago, in October, it'll be eight years ago, me and my wife got married. We got married right here. Ray did the ceremony and everything. And it was wonderful. That day, you know, we made all kinds of promises. We we held hands, we looked deep into each other's eyes, and we, you know, we sealed it with a kiss at the end of the deal. But we made all kinds of promises. And, and, and being in love in those moments, man, I, you, know, you can roll out the promises. I'll give you everything that I have. I'll, I'll work to my last dying breath to do my very best to take care of you. you know, we make those kind of promises. And, and if, you've, if you're married, you've been in that situation where you've made those promises and, and you've committed and, and put yourself out there. You know, kind of naive, you know, I've said, you know, we make some of those promises because we don't know who we really are and, you know, what we're really getting into. We know love and we know the commitment behind it and we'll fight the battle and we'll do everything we can to make it through. And that's what keeps us going at the end of the day is, is the love that we have for each other, not have that love for my wife. I really care for her. But the reason why I bring this up is, and, and it's, I said tonight we're going to talk about death and marriage, is there something beautiful that happens when somebody gets married? And the Bible talks about it, and we kind of hit it there in the scriptures. We just talked for a moment about how two people kind of, it's the end of their life as separate. What we used to know of life on our own and by ourselves, there's kind of like a death that happens at the wedding. 
of two individuals, but there's this beautiful uniting, and it talks about it being a a mystery, this beautiful uniting and this beautiful thing, but but that idea of death is is beautiful in the moment, and, and I'll explain why. You know, some people would say, yeah, I've been to some weddings, and, and it looked like death, because, man, after a few months, it was like, you know, curtains. But that's not what I mean. <clears throat> what, what I'm talking about is, is there's a sacrifice, and there's a commitment that, that we make in marriage that, that we're all in. You know, that we're all in. Everything is aside. And, and in our hearts, we would do absolutely anything we could for the other person. We would do anything that we could. And what's so cool about that is, is, is you know, my wife feels the same way. We have that thing going. And, and the point I want to make to you is, is simply this. When we are empty of ourselves, when, when we're dead to ourselves, so to speak, and it's not about us, and it's not about what we can get or, or who we can be, and it's not we're number one, but the people that we love are number one. God's number one. When we're emptied out of ourselves, then we are able to receive into our life like we would never be if we were just selfish and full of ourselves and demanded our way and demanded what we should have and demanded all these things from the world. We'll never know the love. I can never know the love of a lady that's promised her whole life to me if I make it all about me and what I want and what I want to do and how I want it done. I'll be so full of that and so busy of that that I'll keep her on the outside and I won't ever really experience why she's in my life and to bless me. You can be seated. Everybody give it up for my wife real quick. <clears throat> and that, that's the point I want to make is that it's very easy in life to be, to be selfish. And, and, and it's not to say, well, I'm not and you are, because it's a human condition where we have a tendency for all of us to be that way. And it's so easy. There's a razor's edge there. It's so easy to go from a servant, broken and humble, to being selfish and saying, what about me? And in a husband and wife relationship, and, and for a second... I will talk to those that are married or those that want to be married. It's so easy to kind of step back. You know, when you first get married, you're all in. I I don't care, whatever. Let's just get married. You know, let's do this. You know, and you have the honeymoon period, and it's just wonderful. But after a while, you know, you kind of grips with reality of who that person is, and you don't come to grips with who you are until much later. You finally figure out that they don't have all the problems. you got something, too. You know, you figure that out after a while. But what can happen so easy is our sight gets focused on the other person's issues or the other person's problem. We start running a list of, well, I'm not going to because they don't. I'm not going to love like they love because they're not loving me the right way. Don't they see my needs? Don't they understand why I got in this thing to start out with? What's their problem? They're so busy, wrapped up in their own world that they, they can't even take time to, to look out and to invest. Don't they see the struggle that I'm in? Don't they understand the issues that I'm going through? What can happen so easy in marriage is we start that list. If, you, if, if, you're, in, if you're married or you've ever been married, there's this list that we tend to keep going in our head. Oh, they did this, or they did that, or they have a tendency to do this. What happens in a relationship, 
when we focus so much on that, when we focus so much on what we're getting out of it or what we're not getting out of it, each one of those things become something that falls between us. And that pushes a, a little bit of potential out for love. And if you'll notice that if you let it go, when you let it go, when you let it go, after a while, you might even question, did I even really love them? What's their problem? I, I don't know. They're, they're not who I, thought I, who I thought they were. And it pushes and pushes, and there's a wedge between people. And the same thing can happen with your friends, with your family. It's so easy for the enemy to come along and say, man, they said they were your friend. But look at what they did. They did this. They did that. Oh, they didn't ch say like on your picture on Facebook. There's a problem here. You know, there's all kinds of things that happen, and then there's a separation. And then we get, and we get focused on us, focused on who we are and what we want out of situations. And we get to this place where we're so focused and so filled up with ourselves that there ain't no room left over for anybody else. There ain't no room left over for your wife. Not any room left over for people that, that actually really love you because you're so convinced about how things are and, and burdened down and so busy with all kinds of stuff that we don't have the capacity to really receive love like we're supposed to. You know, I've, I've asked myself, have you ever seen somebody that's, that serves God and they give everything that they are and they're just as happy as they can be? I'm just like, what is, that? what is all that about? You know, they live in the same world I, I live in. You know, what's that about? I can tell you what that is. What that is is when you give of yourself, when you pour out selflessly, when you unload everything that you are depending on God, what happens is then God has a place to fill. He has a place to come and, and, and reside and be and take up that space and fill your life with who he is. And that's beautiful and that's wonderful. That's beautiful and awesome. You may be here tonight and, and you may feel the struggles and the strains of, of so many different things in your life. It's easy to get off track and to be focused on so many different things. So many different things. But the person that receives the most love, that, fulfills, that gets fulfilled and is blessed the so, so much is a person that that pours out themselves, the person that empties out, makes a place for God to fill and for God to come in. And I want to tell you that, uh, that this whole marriage deal is an example and an illustration that I wanted to give you because that's what it's like with your relationship with Him. Your moments and your time with Him. If, if, if you're in a place where God seems distant or, or you're busy thinking about a bunch of other things and and, and you don't know why everybody else is smiling, and, and you don't know why you're so mad and so frustrated, and you get ticked off over the smallest little things, I would ask you tonight to look inside of you and say, are you surrendered? Is what you want inside of you, your, your, your selfishness, is that through the roof, or are you poured out and empty for God to move in your life and to pour into you? Because that's what God wants. You know, it's, it's kind of like the marriage day. When we get saved, we find a, an altar, the place, wherever it's happened in your life. Or we pour it all out and we say, God, here I am. And we give it all and we surrender all. And we just lay everything down and say, God, it's you and me against the world. And it's beautiful and wonderful and you feel like a million dollars. 
But if it's a long time, and I've been saved now 21 years, there's been moments and times where I wasn't excited anymore. You know, I was pretty burdened down and pretty much, you know, thinking all kinds of different things. But the trick of it was, <clears throat> is I got some conditions on things. I got filled up with some other stuff. Other things took my focus too busy, too, too wrapped up in too many different things, too many struggles and stress, too many things got the best of me, and it made me look inside and look at what I wanted. You know, God was awesome, but, but God's still awesome, but I wish he would do this. God's still awesome, but, but what about me? What about what I want? What about my life to where all of a sudden the space is inside of me that's supposed to be inhabited by God that, he, that he's had at different times of my life? He gets pushed out of. He gets pushed to a back burner. And then I end up, the smile kind of dims on my face. I'm not everything that I, that I should be. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've been there. Maybe there's different times in your life that you've found yourself in those same places. You might, you might be sitting here tonight, and maybe the joy's gone from your face. Maybe you're, maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're dark and, and upset. Like I said, I would ask you to look inside of you and see where you're at. The cool thing about it is, is when we pour out who we are, when we pour out our, our, our selfishness and our own way of doing things, when we surrender and say that we're all in, we create a space for God to fill. We create this place for God to fill. And in our reckless abandonment, we create this place for God to come in and dwell and we can experience who, we, who He is. There is where the joy is. There is where life is. There is where the abundant life is that we've talked so much about. And everything that God is fills everything that we are when we create a space for Him to fill. When we do that, when we push everything away and say, God, here I am for you. When we sign on the dotted line and we say, I die to everything that I could be, everything I, I, everything I want to fill my life with, I sacrifice that. I, I die to all that stuff, and God, I ask that you would fill every bit of me. Then that's when we experience who God is. That's when we experience love. That's completely opposite. The world would say it. The world would say, demand it. Ask for it. Put everybody on notice that they better give you everything that you want. But God says it completely the opposite way. Lay down your life, sacrifice, and, and you'll experience the greatest that God has to offer. You'll experience the joy that you see on people's faces. You'll experience the understanding of knowing who He is and how wonderful He is. God is incredible, and God is amazing, and He wants to pour into you, and He wants to have a relationship with you. See, He knew what was up. He knew what was up. The, the scripture says, and I'll, I'll try to jump back to my notes here. Greater love hath no man than this, that a, that a man will lay down his life for his friends. John 15 and 13. Jesus is, uh, is describing it and putting this out there so that we'll understand. This is how real love and real life works. This is if sacrifice and the death that happens with the sacrifice of ourselves, it sets you up to be able to receive the greatest blessings and the greatest life that you could ever have. That you could ever have. John 3 and 30 says this, He must increase, but I must decrease. 
Every time that we decrease, every time that we pour ourselves out and say, it's not me and it's not about me, but God, it's all about you. I want to have you. I want to know you. I want to experience you. That's where real joy comes from. That's where real life comes from. It's in him and it's through him. And God is everything. Where there's less of me, there can be more of him. And that's what we need. And that's what the world needs. There's dead to selfishness. Dead to selfishness is where it's all at. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31. It says, I affirm, brethren, by boasting in you, <clears throat> which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. Paul made it a, 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 a daily practice that he would lay down his life every day, that, it, that this thing wouldn't become about him and about his wants and his needs, but it would be about Christ that, that he would be able to be used and anointed and, and work through. It's easy to be selfish. Our flesh rises. Listen to this. When our flesh rises up, and we're all guilty of it, maybe tonight you are in that place, and, and I've come by, and I'm, I'm saying something that hits you right between the eyes. I don't know. It's hit me between the eyes more than once. I've gotten to places where, where the Lord's had to deal with me and say, hey, wait a second. You're not serving people. Remember, you're serving me. But li listen to this. This is some of my thoughts. Selfishness turns a relationship into an obligation. It turns love into manipulation. It turns service into duty. We have to be, we have to be careful. What would it look like tonight if there was a death in your situation? Would the joy come back in your heart? Could that glow come back that used to be seen by everybody? Maybe you're in a place where you've had issues with your family. And what you thought was somebody not giving you everything that you wanted, actually it needed to be something where you laid down your life and where you sacrificed. Maybe you are the issue. Maybe you are the thing that's causing the issue there. What would happen if we died to selfishness? Maybe get your eyes off of you and back on the wonderful person you married. Maybe a friendship would be restored. Maybe your ministry would be back on track. And most importantly, most importantly, if you got away from some issues, got away from some problems, maybe you would find yourself emptied out so that God would have a place to refill in your life. It's very easy to put all kinds of stuff in our hearts and in our lives push God out so easy. Sometimes it's, it's quiet. Sometimes it's slow. Sometimes it's hurt and it's pain. Sometimes it's, it's things that started out as a good thing, but because they've taken over your life, it's become a bad thing. The Bible talks about doing things in moderation. There's stuff in your life that's blessed by God, but too much of it, too much of it can end up becoming something that He'll take his hand off and not bless anymore. The most important thing we can have is when we pour out is that God has a place to fill in. He wants to move in our life and have a beautiful, wonderful relationship with us. This morning, the pastor talked about the valley of dry bones and God speaking over those bones and there's nothing too far 
that God can't reach in and move in a situation that he can't breathe on and bring back to life. I believe that's the same here tonight, that, he, that in our pain and in our situations, in our busyness, that if we'll lay down and lay out, that God won't move and work in. But I thought about this. The cool thing about that is, is those bones were dead. That there was something to be revived there. There was something that was laid down that God could breathe on and raise back up. I want us to lay down our lives tonight, to lay down everything we are, so that we can really get past ourselves and love everybody and get past us so we can have a relationship with the Lord. I believe that, that a, a selfless person, a selfless follower of Christ is what the picture of the real church looks like. Those that love and those that serve out of pure motives, out of wanting to pour out everything we are, then we have God to fill us. And when he fills our life, there's the blessings. There's the love. There's this glow about us, so to speak, that people are like, I want that. I want that. That's God that does that. I want to share this, this little story with you. Then we're going to pray. Some of you might have heard this story before. But there was a man and a woman, and they had a beautiful little ceremony, probably like you have had. They made the commitments and said, till death do us part. And the gentleman, he took what's said in Scripture seriously. And he said, I will lay down my life for my wife like Christ did the church. I'm willing to, to love sacrificially that way. And she meant it too. And what happened is, is he became a college professor at a, at a Christian college. And for years upon years, he... He got a, a name and a reputation. Everybody respected him and loved him and looked up to the man. He would get away from the college campus. He'd get home to his beautiful little wife. And she would serve him and love him and do whatever, you know, she could to express, you know, her love and her care for him. What happened is, is after several years, she started to get sick. She started to get dementia and and, and started to get confused and didn't know what was going on. And toward the end of, the, end of the, the gentleman's career, as he was a professor, he got up and he said, he said, I have to resign. He wrote a letter to the dean, and the letter simply talked about his love for his wife. It said, many years ago, and he called her name, he said, we fell in love. He said, I made a promise that day what I would do to love her for the rest of my life. He says, as of right now, he said, I can no longer continue to be a professor and be away from her. When I'm away from her, she gets scared and confused, and she wants to know where I'm at. So I'm resigning, and I'm going to go and spend time with her and be with her so that she'll know where I'm at and that she'll be comforted. And he said, I've made promises a long time ago and I'm going to fulfill them now. That's my intention. Now, I bring that story to say for this. What kind of love do you think those people had? What kind of love did they, in their wildest dreams, did they ever think that another person would give them? They had that. And that was because they said, I'm all in. I'm sacrificing. I don't want what I want. I want to, I want to bless you. I want to love you. 
God's done that for us. He sent his son to die on the cross for us. And we'll never know the love that we could know of who God is until we respond and say, I'm all in. I'm all in. Is it a process that happens once? Probably not. It's a daily thing, like Paul talked about, that every day we get up and we say, today I die. I'm going to serve my best at my job. I'm going to serve my, my best in my home, in my ministry. God, I'm going to pour out everything I am, afresh and anew today, God, because I want to know you. I want to love the people around me and serve them the very best that I can. So I'm going to pour out. If you would stand, if you would stand with us. There's no greater love that you will experience in your life than what God has for you. I believe there might have been moments down through history that you've just been amazed and been in God's presence. Understand how awesome and how wonderful he is. But I believe that there's still more yet for you to discover. And there's still more in your relationship with him that he wants to bless and he wants to touch you. Look deep inside of your hearts. Say, God, I want us to to ask ourselves tonight, God, is there anything that I'm putting in between me and you? Is it my ego? Is it, is it some kind of things that, that I think and the way I look at life that's, that's keeping you out, that's filling up places inside me, God, that you want to inhabit? Is it relationship? Is, is it something? Is it, what is it, God, that would be in the way of knowing you more? I believe God wants to flood every corridor of your life every place inside of you, and he wants to show you in a new and beautiful way who he is. I want the floodgates open, and I'm, I'm praying and I'm asking you if you'll do the same thing right alongside with me, with every head bowed and every eye closed. Just as we said a second ago, God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to die. That's to show I love you this much, that I'm willing to go to this length to have a relationship with you, to win you back so that I can show you how much I love you, so I can be in your life and minister to you and love you and help you. God never wanted us to be just out there, just doing our own thing, clawing and trying to make our own way. God loves you. He loved you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for you. Tonight, if you're here and you do not have a relationship with God, if you know that, that there are things in your life, that there is sin in your life that stands between you and God, and you know that you're, on, you're not right and you're not clean, God is here tonight all over, afresh and anew, with his son and the sacrifice that's been made to pay for your sins so that you wouldn't have to that you would be clean and set free so that God could fill your life. God wants you to get saved. If tonight you would say, feel that way in your heart, that yes, you do need to pray, that you need to, do need to get things right with God, I would ask you real quick, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I would ask you real quick to raise your hand and say, yeah, I need to pray. Is there anybody at all this is your moment. This is your time. God has set this moment up for you. 
He loves you that much. Okay. You can raise your heads back up. The altar is like this. If, if you're able to, you can make an altar at your seat. That's fine. If you'll come down front, wonderful. But I just want you to come and pray about those things that may be between you and God, those things that, that need to be put down. And maybe tonight is a night where we just say, hey, I'm rededicating and, and everything under the blood. I'm dying again right now that God will have his way, not only personally between us and God, but, but I believe also that there may be an issue between husbands and wives or family members, friends, just different things. Maybe you feel challenged tonight to, to pray about those things and to ask God, is it me? Is it, is it my issue? Have I been too worried about me and not worried enough about them? Whatever the issues are, we open up the altar tonight. We ask you to come. You can pray at your seat, pray at the altar. We just want God to move and work as we lay down our lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Sweet. 
like us to take a moment in our closing prayer before we go if you if you are married and your spouse is here I'd like you to get with them because I want to pray over our marriages I don't want anybody to feel weird or anything but if you can grab them if they're close may or if your spouse is not here that's that's cool but I want to pray over marriages tonight If you're like me, if you're like me and my wife, my house, it seems like the enemy is always trying to to make an issue and make a problem. The enemy is not happy that there is a, a successful marriage. If he had his way, every one of them would be would be over. If he had his way right now, he would destroy it. But God loves marriage. He created it. He affects the world through it. You know, some people, like the pastor, the, see the pastor, he's single. He, God just blesses him because in my situation, he has to use my wife to show me how messed up I am. So, you know, some of us need to be married, and I'm one of those. I need to be married. But God is awesome, and he's wonderful. Grab the, whole, grab the hand of your spouse there. And if you're not married and you want to be married, be thinking about it. So we just want to pray that the homes would be blessed. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, God, in the name of Jesus, as we go out of this house, God, we know that whether we're married, whether we will be married or whether we won't, God, we know that you're awesome and that you're in control and that you watch over us, that you take care of us, that you look out for us. God, I pray that your protection would be over every home that's represented in this house. God, whether it's a married home, whether it's a single parent, God, whether it's just one individual, God, I pray over every home that it would be blessed, God, that it would be protected by you, God, that you would stay in guard around it and you would be the hedge of protection over it. God, you do have a plan and a purpose. You have a purpose in those married homes and in the other homes. And God, you're going to do a wonderful and amazing things. And we pray that you would stay in guard over every situation and every heart and every life. And God, I pray that the only ones that can touch our marriages, us ourselves, or God, your hands. I pray that you would move in it, 
mold us, shape us, and help us to stand strong and solid. God, blessed and touched by you. And God, I pray that your blessings would be over every home in this church. And God, I pray that your blessings rest upon this house. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for your faithfulness. God, we pray that you would be with us this week as we're here and as we love you. I pray that you would anoint us and use us as we move out from these four walls. God, help us to love our community and, and bless you and raise you up, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. As you go out, we want you to be blessed this week. Don't forget to sign up in the lobby. We have our 100-year uh, church directory that's coming up for next year. We want you to sign up, get your pictures taken, and be a part of making history. Amen. God bless. Good night.